Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DNA Football Talk podcast. I am one of the hosts. My name is David. I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Anthony. Anthony, how you hanging, man? How you, how you doing? I know it's been rough. You know, you taught me to look with the glass half full. Packers are a game out of being a top five pick. Rodgers might retire. It might be Bryce Young season in Green Bay. Who would have thought? I don't know. I'm looking on the bright. You always <laughs> got to look at the cup half full, my friend, because if you if you dwell on what's negative, if you dwell that they didn't even score 10 points against the worst defense in Super Bowl era, if you dwell on the fact that Aaron Rodgers looked like a screaming toddler midway through that game, if you dwell on the fact that half of your sideline got carted off the field. All right, all right, <laughs> we <it's>, get it. <laughs> if you look at the cup half empty my friend it's gonna be a long season if it's not already been one let's just dive right into it folks the green bay packers are still losers and they lost to the detroit lions 15 to 9 what is going on in green bay i don't know man the injuries i can attribute that to detroit's crappy turf field that we've had to play on same with washington y'all We'll get into that later with Dan Snyder, but <laughs> yes, we will. But the come from just the turf field and the players practically playing on concrete when they plant their foot. So uh, us losing Rashawn Gary for the season because of that, which I hope he has a speedy recovery with his uh, torn ACL over the off season and everything. Yeah. But man, I got to put it on 12. Rodgers had a bad game. He had two picks inside the five-yard line, something he's never done in his career. And then yeah. you look at the guys we lost in the middle of the game with, with with Romeo Dobbs. We lost him on the first play of the game, and then we thought, oh, he might come back. Nope. And then Aaron Jones, he's out with a, with an ankle sprain. Luckily, he came back out sprinting on onto the field. He wanted to go, but as soon as he sat he was like nope nope they were right <laughs> yeah so it's it's a dark day in green bay man I, I i don't know it is a very dark day in green bay and i can already see you wanting to just go on one of my famous rants and i will definitely allow you to do that i know that i said let's go ahead and jump right into this but you know what let's let's start off with a positive note here this is, hey, this is our Wednesday episode. This is the episode that people get to hear the different awards that uh, players have won. We got the pop-off player of the week. We got the Golden Brick Award winner. And then, of course, you know, um, uh, we, we got your emails this week. We will be answering them on our Saturday episode because that is because we record on Friday. So we call it Fan Mail Friday. So just kind of bear with us as we try and figure out a, a segment title for that. But um, that makes sense with Saturday. Um, but we, we did receive y'all's emails and we will definitely dive into those questions because there's some great talking points in those emails. So we definitely want to address them. But let's go ahead and let's just let's just say it. Tom Brady is undefeated as a divorced man, and I am here for it, my friend. I am all here for it. Tom Brady looked like the Tom Brady that we saw on that final drive. Now, it looked like a flat line of an offense the entire rest of the game. But, Anthony, I got to be one that leads by example. I'm looking at the glass half full. Brother, that last, that last drive. All that last drive. If that wasn't a Tom Brady drive, I don't know what is. Because that man was on fire. He was on point. That offense was clicking. And we could do no wrong. And that defense still played good all game long. Now, granted, it was against a struggling offense for the um, Los Angeles Rams. And there seems to be some turmoil going on in that locker room. Jalen Ramsey came out and said, hey, you know, you guys always tell us to, to, to put the game out. Why don't you guys put the game out and get a first down every once in a while? And that leads me to this question, Anthony. Why did Cooper Cup slide? It looked like he was going to get the first down. I don't know. I, I honestly think that was more of a heat of the moment, like bang, bang kind of play. You know, like it's 
not something he might have been consciously thinking about at the time. I, I maybe he really was just trying know. to think about staying in bounds to keep the clock going. Maybe I don't because because you don't know what they're thinking in the heat of the moment as the play happens because they can you can have an idea of what you want to do before the the snap of the ball, but when it gets going, it's all just in a blink of an eye. Yeah, no, that is very true. I mean, we never understand what is going on in the minds of the NFL players as the play is happening, and the speed of the game is absolutely next level. Um, but I mean, Cooper Cup definitely had that first down, though. Am I am I wrong in saying that? No, he just the the slide was like you said was the was the weird part about it, but you know it it is what it, it worked is. out I, in I, our favor. It worked I'm out okay in Tampa's. It. it worked out in Tampa's favor, and they're not complaining about it just like the atlanta game they're not complaining about it <laughs> no and you could almost see a weight lifted off of those guys like you really could you could almost see a weight lifted off of the entire city of tampa you know that final drive that where i mean tom brady i mean tom let me just say this tom brady hasn't not looked like tom brady this year he's been looking like tom brady it's just the pieces around him, all of the missing, all of the 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 moving pieces. I mean, you got to think about it. This offense has been being dumped since week one. You got Ryan Jensen out and the and 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 you know OTAs. Then you know you have a young rookie that you're trying out at left guard who didn't work out. Luckily, we have um. Nick Gosh, man, I always blank on players' name. Yes, thank you, Nick Lovert. So luckily we have him because he's actually been playing very well. Um, Donovan Smith, solid talent, but just inconsistent. But, I mean, you have that. You have Mike Evans banged up. You have Chris Godwin banged up. You have Julio Jones banged up. I mean, there was at one point this season, we have to remember that the, the weapons that Tom Brady was throwing to was Russell Gage, Scotty Miller, and uh, Pierre. Yeah, Brashad uh, Perriman. Yeah, Brashad yeah, Perriman. You know, so... And, I mean, I don't know what is going on with Leonard Fournette. Apparently, he's getting frustrated because of having to split time with Rashad White. But, I mean, look, Lenny, we love you here in Tampa. I mean, you are awesome. I I, I love him as a player. I, I seem to respect him as a man, just of this kind of the stuff that I see him post on his social media and stuff like that. He seems just like a very down-to-earth kind of guy. Um, So I always have respect for players like that. But Rashad White is actually looking pretty good. And, you know, when you look at Leonard Fournette, he, he's he's been struggling. He's been very uncharacteristic this year. He's been struggling in, you know, the short yardage plays, which is kind of his bread and butter. And he just doesn't seem he, – he just can't seem to, to break off a big one. And it seems like every time he does, there's a holding. And so it's like, you know, you can just kind of see the life getting sucked out of him. You know, he's just like, come on. You know, I finally get a break. I finally start maybe getting the juices flowing. And then you got called back. So, mm -hmm. but Rashad White, I think Tony Romo even um, spoke about it uh, during the game. I, I want to say that Leonard Fournette was 0-5 or 0-6 on third and short plays. Whereas Rashad White was like 4-5 and or 4-6. and So Rashad White converted more. And he just he he's just looking good. And the guy is a lot bigger than I thought he was. When you see him run through that pile, the, the guy is almost a, an entire head over everyone else around him. I mean, he's just a big guy, you know, and so he runs strong and he does have that quick burst and he's has great hands out of the backfield. I've been a fan of Rashad White ever since we've drafted him. I knew that he would play well into our offensive scheme. And I think that finally, maybe now that the offense is starting to turn more healthy than, you know, injured, I think that we're starting to see more and more of how that scheme is going to go. And so now, I, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn, he did get a few, um, you know, carries uh, that last game. So that was kind of interesting to see because, unfortunately, he just hasn't really been, you know, what we thought he might have been coming out of Vanderbilt. I mean, the guy out of Vanderbilt was awesome explosive quick i mean he was everything that you wanted in the back and so i thought that we really got a, a true gym there and and just the ball hasn't fallen that way but i'm liking what i'm seeing out of rashad white hopefully leonard fournette um gets back to you know Len lenny form because i mean that's 
I mean, once we get this, I feel like once we get the ground game going a little bit more, that's when we're going to be able to really see this offensive start to click. But I do have to ask you this question, Anthony, from the outside looking in, do you feel like that the Bucks started to right the ship? Maybe not fix it, but do you feel like that they started to right the ship on that last drive? And do you think that they can carry that into Germany this week against the very hot Seahawks? I think so, because I think you even heard um, Rogers on the McAvee show. The thing is, this was before the Lions game where he said, you know, it's sometimes all it takes game. And I think this was your game. And like you said, they, they did look like they had a weight lifted off their shoulders and now they can build upon this. And now they, after a few weeks, now they know like, okay, this is what it's like to win football games. And they can take yeah. that and carry it into next week and further beyond into the season. So uh, I think this is the best thing that's that's happened to you guys all year. I really do think so, too. And, you know, to I'll, I'll, I'll finish it up on this. If you look at Tom Brady in that postgame conference, he just got it to the podium. And he just kind of slapped, slapped the podium. And he was like, that was awesome. That was effing awesome and you could just see like he was like yes like we got that win we got that win we ended we we got it we we finally put to bed all of this negative bs that's happening from mm -hmm. his personal life he finally aired it out that he's getting a divorce so that's not i'm telling you man maybe that's not weighing on him so much anymore you know, because now he's not trying to keep it a secret. And for the first time in a long time. So Brady, I became a fan of Brady a back in 2018 when they won the Super Bowl against the Rams. And I became a fan of him and as a player and I started respecting him because of his social media. He started putting clips, clips out every time they won. Every time they won a game, he kind of put together a little highlight, um, put a song behind it, and kind of said like a, a quick 10-second little sp you know spiel on what happened with the game and how it felt to get the win. And he did that when he came here to Tampa. And I always loved seeing them. I always loved going through Instagram and seeing those posts on social media because it was just like, yeah, man, we won. You know, like, hey, we're, we're doing it this week. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And... He hasn't done that this year. I think he did it the first two games when we won. But then ever since then, he has not done it. This last week against the Rams, he did it. And it was an awesome, awesome post. And he just looked at the camera and he goes, you know. And then it cuts to the scene from uh, Kevin from the office. Where Kevin has is a little teary eye. And Kevin just says, it's just good to win one every once in a while. And it was like, that is the feeling and that is the emotion that is running through Tampa Bay right now. We've been on such a high for the last two years that we thought it would never go away. And then we got brought down, brought down to reality the last few weeks. We saw this team struggle. We saw this team fight and not fight. And we just started seeing our, you know, our, our high go away from the last two seasons. But Anthony, it's just good to win one. And we won one. And it feels good. And so I'm very optimistic that, you know what? We're going to move forward. We're going to move forward. We're going to go into Seattle. Or we're going to go into Germany. We're going to play a very, very tough Seattle Seahawks team. And I think that we can come away with a win. And if we come away with that win, then we're on a bye week. And then we go on to face Cleveland. Now, that Cleveland Browns will have Deshaun Watson added, added to, their, to their roster because he will be done with his suspension. Mm -hmm. But when you don't play in the NFL for two years, I don't know how well you're going to play. And the Browns have already are already struggling. 
You know, they're they're not a they're not a high powered team. And I understand that neither were the Carolina Panthers, and we will get into that. I know my I know my claim. I know my mess up last week. But, you know, I think that this is finally what we needed. And this was to right the ship. And as a friend of yours, it pains me to know that you can't enjoy this victory with me this week. Because <laughs> as much as I don't want to see the Packers succeed, especially when it comes down to playoff football, because I want to see Tampa succeed. I also, me and you were both in it. We were in the thick of it, man, as fans. We had so high of an of of expectations coming into this year. <sighs> but I think you're right, man. I think Aaron Rodgers is the one to blame. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I that might have been uh, I told you this before, but that might have been the worst game I've seen Aaron Rodgers play. And he's been in the league for almost 20 years. So <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and you're 22 so i mean if that doesn't say anything yeah (laughs) (laughs) you you have not seen him play i I haven't seen him because because they even said it in the game he's never thrown thrown a single interception in his career in the red zone ever and he did it twice in one game (laughs) he did it twice on back-to-back drives on back-to-back drives in the same game like it's just uh, that's unheard rogers so for for me, I, I don't know, because he, he's been the one that's been talking about, okay, we need to we need to all play better. We need to look at the details. But Rogers needs to stop looking at the other teams throwing them to him because I've never seen Rogers just over the course of this season have more passes get batted down at the line of scrimmage this whole year. I, I don't know if that's on him on the offensive line. I, I don't know, but, but I don't know what to make of this season at this point. Cause we uh, arguably, we might have one of the toughest schedules left to go in the NFL. Yeah, you guys do. It's not going to be an easy road, even back to 500 for you guys. You guys have a very tough matchups coming up. You got Mike McCarthy coming into the, the game. Or coming into Green Bay, and Mike McCarthy got emotional in the in in, in one of his um, press press conferences this week when he was asked about what Green Bay meant to him. This guy got emotional, you know. So I mean, you you got a a really I mean, let's face it, Mike McCarthy is a pretty dang good coach. He's a winning coach in the NFL, despite what you know most Packer fans think of him, and. You know, it's like he's a winning coach in the NFL. He has this Dallas Cowboys on an absolute tear right now. Their defense has got to be one of the scariest defenses to go up against. Micah Parsons is probably the most feared lineman in the league right now. And with if, if I mean, David Bakhtiari went out again last last game. He started and then he didn't start. And so... That's going to be the line. That's going to be the side where Parsons is lined up at, and so if Bakhtiari isn't there covering Aaron Rodgers' blind side, I don't know how well you guys are going to favor. And then I know that you have, you know, the Vikings still one more time. You have to play the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly, and so you got to play Tennessee. You yep. know, and you I'm looking at yeah. yeah, you're looking at the Rams, which I mean, maybe uh, who, who knows? Again, the Rams seem to be very hung over from the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. So, you know, but I mean, you, and and most of those teams that we just listed off have a re- pretty decent running game. And yeah. that's what the Packers can't stop. And now you're missing Rashawn Gary. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah, we, we have the, we have the 29th ranked run defense in the league. Oh my gosh, man. Which is so crazy because when you looked at this defense in the offseason after the draft, you were like, This this is a top three defense. And it's a it's a it's still the second best pass defense in the league, but that's because nobody needs to pass it on us. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. It's like 
when the Bucks defense was uh, the last few years, you know, when they were the number one defense against the run, well, it was literally teams would scheme to not run against us. That, that, that was, that's, that's actual, like they would scheme it to where it would be an air out kind of a, a day for them. And now teams are going up against the Packers going, we could, we, we only really need, I mean, Jared Goff only threw for 137 yards against you guys. And you won. I mean, they won. Mm -hmm. They won. I mean, they didn't even have to put up more than two touchdowns. No. And really, I think that the turning point for the Lions was the uh, the interception, interception by Hutchinson uh, at the goal line, which – as much as I hate the Lions, man, that was a heck of a play. Nope. It was a heck of a play, but after further review, I do have to say that that was a really bad throw by Aaron Rodgers, too. That probably was, yeah, because the more they the more they played it, the more I was like, eh, he kind of underthrew it. Yeah, by but... a pretty good amount. So, I mean, because if he, if he would have... Now, I understand that Bakhtiari isn't, you know, like a, a deep threat by any means, but if he would have thrown it maybe a little bit, you know, almost kind of like behind Bakhtiari... I think that there was still plenty of end zone for Bakhtiari to make a play and to catch mm -hmm. it, you know? So, I mean, they, they got to practice that and they had to practice that play and they had to have confidence in that play. But I think you're right. I think that that interception was the turning point in that entire game, because then that was the, that was the second time that they were right there on right there at the doorstep of the end zone. And they didn't get in. I think what, to me, what, what what sucked the life out of the game for me was when Jair picked off um, Jared Goff. I don't know if you saw this play, but Jair baited the crap out of out of yes, Jared Goff. And, I did see that. And then the very next play, Rogers goes deep down the middle to Tunyon, and it gets picked picked right back right back off. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was – I can see how that could have sucked the life out of any kind of momentum because Jair did what the, did what he does, you know, and so he got the ball back. He got it into Aaron Rodgers' hands, and Aaron Rodgers threw it right away. And let's just lead to it, Anthony. It's that time of the week again, and yes – it's the Golden Brick Award Player of the Week. And this week, we had to give it to none other than back-to-back -back MVP winner, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Congratulations, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. You threw for 43 attempts. You only completed 23 of them. 291 yards, which is respectable. Respectable. But only one touchdown and three interceptions against the worst well, at least one of the worst pass defenses in the league. And for several years, you have owned not only the Bears, but the Detroit Lions. And Aaron Rodgers, you are, we proudly present this award to you this week, my friend, because, man, did we think that you were going to do something really, really special this week. We thought that maybe we would see Aaron Rodgers kind of come to life with, you know, the younger weapons around him, this was going to be, you know, kind of the homecoming game to get confidence back. And you just threw it away. Yeah. Uh, I think I've made my case with Aaron Rodgers this week. And I hope, I hope he has a much better game against the Cowboys next week. But my feeling is even if Bakhtiari plays, they're just going to flip. Um, Micah Parsons to the other side of the line and put him up on yeah. a right tackle. But yeah, it's Rogers. It's Rogers this week. He had a he had a bad game. His be his best play of the game was probably on that third and long when he he scrambled for over twenty yards for the for the first down. Yeah, but outside of that, he he just was missing so many passes. And it, Rogers is usually the king of just pinpoint precision with his passing yeah but he was he was all over the place he was all over the place and he just 
I mean, man, it, it was just bad. I mean, me and you took like what, maybe 10 seconds to vote for this, this one this week. I mean, yeah. it was very clear that Aaron Rodgers was the clear cut candidate for the golden brick award. So let's have one more round of applause for our winner this week. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this week's golden brick award winner hats <laughs> off to you, my friend. All right. So let's get um, back into the rest of the NFL games. Um, you know what? Let's just jump right into the, to the other upset of the week. My friend, are you onto something with this New York Jets beating the Buffalo Bills? Because the New York Jets beat the Buffalo Bills, making the New York Jets six and three and the Buffalo Bills six and two. And they beat them pretty handed. Well, not handedly. I mean, it was 2017. But I mean, that was a hard fought game and the Jets came out on top. Yeah. And, you know, before the season even started, I, I even said it would have. It would be the most the most Jets thing to happen for them. To, it, but it would be the most Jets into Buffalo and beat Buffalo. So if they if they walk into Buffalo and they sweep this division series with them, hats off to the New Are York the Jets. Are the Jets going to win the AFC East? No, no, I'm not saying oh. that. They're not. They're not going to. Maybe in a few years if they get their quarterback situation right, because I don't, I don't think right now Zach Wilson is the answer to to their to their prayers right now. I think they, I honestly think they might have been better off starting Joe Flacco. But you know, you know who is the answers to their prayers though? Hmm. Sauce Gardner. That man is that... ridiculous. I mean, we're get, talking to give I him mean, a few years, and he might best corner in football give him just the rest of this year and he might be the best corner in football i mean he has everything that you want in a in a corner he's big physical he has the speed to run with anybody and he just is i mean he bottlenecks receivers man i mean he absolutely is on their hip i mean this guy won the game for the buffalo bills and I mean, he has, oh, geez, for the, yeah, for the <laughs> Jets. The Buffalo Bills wish that they had him. I think every NFL team wishes that they had Sauce Gardner because this guy is definitely a game changer. He is going to make, I mean, there's some really, really good, young, talented defensive players. I mean, Micah Parsons, we were just talking about him and, and, and the headaches that he, you know, causes. Now you got Sauce Gardner. You know, and there's so many other young defensive players that are in the league. I mean, Vita Vea is still even pretty young. And I mean, he came to life against the against the Rams now that he finally had someone next to him, you know, like a like a Namakin Sue. But this Sauce Gardner guy, man, I mean, he is really, really good. And you know the the crazy stat that I didn't think would translate over to the nfl but man it seems like it will what's that from his days in college he didn't his entire time in college he didn't give up a single touchdown really that that was his whole his whole his whole thing in college he didn't give up a single touchdown in college so and 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 then him talking himself up before the draft and all that stuff. I was like, okay, he's talking the talk. I don't know if he's going to walk the walk. He's right. done he's 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 done more than that and he 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 might be one of the best corners in the league right now and he, he he's amazing. Easily. Easily. Yeah, no, he he's he's definitely a going to be a pivotal piece to that Jets defense that is young and uh, talented. And I mean this Jets team, man. I think that everyone is surprised by them. I mean, six and three. You know, who would have ever well, thought that? I don't know. And have, have the Jets found Revis Island two point Whoa! Have they found a Re their Revis Island two point with with Sauce Gardner? Man, that is a really bold statement to say. <laughs> Because Revis Island was called Revis Island for a reason, and it was because you could literally put Darrell Revis on the best uh, on the best receiver on the field, 
and just let him do his thing. And then the rest of the defense just kind of, you know, try to figure it out. Now, here's the other thing. I believe Sauce Gardner was matched up against Gabe Davis most of the game. He wasn't matched up against Stephon Diggs. So I don't know how oh. well. He... The the thing they mentioned about Sauce, though, is he plays he plays corner like Richard Sherman, where he doesn't flip sides of the field. So wherever the offense decide, whatever receiver he's lined up across from, that's kind of who he is. And that's who he's guarding. And that's not what their defensive scheme calls for. So, okay. So then that goes to speak more for how the offensive tried to scheme around him. Then if mm -hmm. they didn't put Stefan Diggs on that side of the field. Okay. So then, yeah, that, that does speak volumes. So we could be seeing Darrell Revis 2.0. Now it is, I mean, we are only that's, nine games in. <laughs> that's a bold statement. But every, it seems like every receiver that gets put up against him, they can't even barely muster 50 yards against him, let alone a touchdown. Yeah, so. I mean, this this guy is really good. But, I mean, the Jets, dude, the Jets. Now, let's flip it to the other side, Buffalo Bills. It might be a dark day in Buffalo. Now, why because, do you because Josh Allen. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, his, his injury. His thumb. His thumb. And so I don't know the extent of it as of right now, um, as far as the, the, you know, what, what all needs to be done to get it back. But when you are talking about the thumb on the throwing hand of a quarterback, Ooh, I mean, that's rough, man. That's really, really rough. And that, I mean, what are you going to do? Throw case Keenum in there? I mean, now granted case Keenum, played you know he he played with stefan diggs in minnesota they had that great minneapolis miracle against the saints in the nfc divisional round before they went on to get absolutely demolished by the you know philadelphia eagles when the eagles won the super bowl back and you know when nick fold was you know their quarterback but i mean what if what if what if josh allen misses the next five to six games are we going to rely on Case Keenum to keep him in the hunt? They're going to have to. I mean, I mean, they're going to have to, and I don't know how much I trust Case Keenum because they the the thing with the Bills is they're so reliant on Josh Allen and how how he plays. Like, if nobody's open on the field, he'll take off and run for 15, 20 yards. I'm not seeing case can do anything like that <laughs> so well yeah and that's the thing i mean josh allen he he threw for two interceptions and he didn't throw any touchdowns he threw he was 18 of 34 for 205 yards but then he was their lead rusher nine carries 86 yards that's almost 10 yards a carry and he ran for two touchdowns and he made a couple of big first down plays with his legs and that's just because of his size simply alone when that guy gets mm -hmm. moving I mean, no one wants to tackle him. He's a big no. dude. No, he's a big dude. You know, and, and so Case Keenum can't do that. No offense to Case Keenum, but I mean, like, what are what are they gonna do? Because I mean, this AFC East division is not anything to just it's not like it's the New England Patriots back in the day with Tom Brady, you know, where they just completely won that division by like week eight. You know, like every other team was out of it. We have the Dolphins. I believe that they're six and three. You have or six and two or one of the two. You have the Jets. Now they're six and three. They just beat you, you know, Buffalo. So they're already leading that series. And now the Buffalo Bills fall to six and two. So I mean, they are in the thick of this AFC East divisional battle. And now you're losing your 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 guy. Like mm -hmm. your guy. This isn't it's not like, you know, when the Green Bay Packers lost, you know, David Bakhtiari. Yes, it hurt. When, uh, you know, losing Rashawn Gary hurt. But if you were to lose Aaron Rodgers, granted, if Aaron Rodgers was playing like Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that would be massive to the success of your football team. Mm -hmm. And having this injury in your throwing thumb, that that's your grip on that football. Yeah, and I mean, from what I've seen, worst case scenario, like absolute worst case scenario, Josh Allen has a Tommy John injury and he's out for the season. 
Oh. Oh my gosh, man! I don't want that for Josh Allen. No, no, I don't they, want that for Josh Allen because they were Super Bowl bound, man. Let's just be honest. Yeah, outside they, of maybe Kansas City, they have they have really everything going for them. So, yeah, and the way the way my my Packers are playing, it's like you know what, let them have it. <laughs> that's how that that's yeah, how just I'm take it. Just say let them have it. They got, they got cheated out of it last year. And I, I mean, the rules are the rules. I get that, but I, I really feel like Josh Allen got cheated Super Bowl last, or at least a shot at a Super Bowl last year. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people feel that way because of the coin toss situation. But now I do have. I, I propose this next question. Then we have rumors going around with Odell Beckham. And one of the teams that he was looking at was the Buffalo Bills. He's looking at contenders. So he's looking at the Bills for sure. Von Miller, his his you know former teammate from the Los Angeles Rams, they just won a Super Bowl last year together, has been recruiting him. But if you're Odell Beckham, there's another team that you've been looking at that is looking really good, and they're looking to only be getting better now that they have their um, starting quarterback back in the lineup, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. So if you're if you're Odell Beckham and you look at this, I mean, he might go to the Dallas now. He might go to the Cowboys now because why would you go to Buffalo if Josh Allen, the guy that you were probably going to Buffalo for is no is out for the season? Yeah, and I don't know if you know this, but now Dallas is actually the odds favorite to land Odell. I I mean, I want to be surprised. I really want it. Jerry Jones was recruiting him in in, in, a, in an Dude. interview. Micah Parsons has been, you know, publicly recruiting him. They're a good team. Dak Prescott is back. He's healthy. He's looking like he's playing good, you know, and so he would fit perfectly because he wouldn't need to be the number one guy. That's the other thing. He cannot go into an offense and be the number one guy because you don't know what, what he's going to be able to produce. Now, Odo Beckham, he's a playmaker. At the end of the day, that's what he does. That's what he's been doing his entire life. But could you imagine Odell Beckham Jr. and, and Jerry World? Oh. And you, you pair him opposite of CeeDee Lamb? And yeah, then you got a real threat. And then you got Dalton Schultz at tight end with Zeke and Tony Pollard in the backfield and Dak is your quarterback? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's a recipe for success. With the defense that you have and Mike McCarthy, yeah. who is a beloved coach in the NFL by the players. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Dude, if I was Des a Batman. Uh, even Des Bryant was on Twitter. Let's come check it out. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Look, man, <laughs> I think that this Josh, this might be the most Buffalo Bill thing to happen. Yeah, because <laughs> you look at the team's history, and I'm sure as a as a Bills Mafia Buffalo Bills fan, they're like, they're probably like, yes, the the curse is lifted. Yeah, we're we're finally on the right track. No more zero and four Super Bowl jokes. The, the, don't don't count your don't count your eggs before they hatch. You know, like, no joke, man, because. <laughs> Right now, you're you were looking at feeding a family of ten, and you only got about enough eggs for a family of five now. So, it's not looking really good for you. And uh, and now you might have lost out on getting Odell Beckham. <laughs> so it's just like the it's just when it rains, it pours in Buffalo, and we hope nothing but us. We hope for the best case scenario in Buffalo, which I don't know what the best case scenario would be for him. Maybe miss like a game or two. But we hope that it's the best case scenario for the Buffalo Bills because even just as a football fan, you just like are like, can these people catch a break? You know, like, come on. So, but Anthony, I need to take time now to address something that, um, you know what? I'm not always proud of my predictions. And the results that happen. And when I'm wrong, I am definitely a man to admit when I am wrong. 
and I was wrong. And I was, I was, I was really, really wrong about the Carolina Panthers beating the Cincinnati Bengals. And so Brad, you are one of our loyal listeners. I have to apologize to you, my friend, because I thought that your Cincinnati Bengals were going to lose to the Carolina Panthers and they proved me wrong in one way and one way alone. And that way was Joe Mixon. That man went off. Yeah, he had a historic, really, yeah, just a historic day. He had 200, over 200 scrimmage yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. All I know is that I played him in fantasy this week, Anthony. Do you think that that might be like karma biting me because I predicted the Panthers to beat the Bengals 28 to three? Probably. And we should probably keep our mouth shut when talking about if we think a team is going to blow another team out. (laughs) I guess so, man, because my good, you know what I'll do for you, Anthony. I'll tell, I'll I'll say that the, um, who do you guys play in this? I'll say that the Dallas Cowboys are going to absolutely destroy the Packers. There you go. There you go. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. I just saved the Packers season right there. (laughs) I just did it for you. That's all you needed to do, man. I took one for the team. I took one for the team. But, yeah, I played Joe Mixon in fantasy this week, and he put up 55 points against me. Uh, yeah. And I and I benched Justin Fields. Yeah. yeah. That man. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, when it rains, it pours. <laughs> Am I right, Buffalo fans? Am I right? You guys know what I'm talking about. You guys know this feeling. But, man, I mean, truly, man, I mean, the the Bengals said, no, no, no. Everyone calm down. We can still play without Jamar Chase. And they, I mean, really, it was Joe Mixon. I mean, this guy absolutely went off. And he he single-handedly won this game for the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, he had 153 rushing, rushing yards for four touchdowns. And then he caught four catches for 58 yards, and and he added a touchdown on top of that. He was the only touchdown that Joe Burrow threw through that day, and Joe Burrow only had 206 yards of passing. So literally, Joe Mixon was the entire offense, basically. Yeah, I mean, there's no other way to put it. He just put the team on his back and just said, you know what, I'm going to score most of these points yeah there's no other way to put it like he's like jamar i love you but this is my time this is my moment to remind all of these people why i was wasn't he the league leader last year in rushing yards no no he would no he was third in rushing yards yeah that was derrick henry i'm sorry he was i think he was my prediction to be the 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 leading uh rusher this year in rushing yards yeah, because he was mine I just, too. yeah, I mean, because he just, he can do stuff like this, and you never know when he's gonna do it, but he can st- do stuff like this, and it just comes out of nowhere, and it comes against a team that, I mean, honestly, I mean, if you look at it, it makes sense. I mean, really, it does. It makes sense that they were able to do this against the Carolina Panthers, but I had hope. I had hope, Carolina. I I believed in y'all, and I shouldn't believe in y'all because you are divisional rivals to my team, the Bucks. But I believed in you guys. But now you guys are two and seven, and I'm okay with that because you guys losing made it easier for us to win. You know this this division, which is all we need to do to just get into the playoffs. That's all we need to do. Whatever it is, eight and nine, get us into the playoffs. That's all we want. But Joe Mixon, who? I mean, man. I mean, what what else can you say? Oh wait, hold on, Anthony. I think I know what else we can say. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you guessed it. I heard you saying it. I know that you were thinking the same thing too. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I present to you the pop-off player of the week reward goes to none other than Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, you had a phenomenal day and you put your team on your back and you carried them all the way to sweet, sweet victory Monday. Five touchdowns, over 200 scrimmage yards. You 
very much earned the pop-off player of the week reward. And we congratulate you, Joe Mixon. Yeah, he had, he just had a historic day. Like there's no other way to put it. They, we've had that performance like this in quite some time. I think the, the only, though I'd say the most recent comparable performance might've been, uh, if you remember, um, Jamal Charles when he was on the Chiefs. I was gonna say Jamal Charles. Yeah, that's probably the the only comparable one that's relatively recent. You have to maybe dig back to Chris Johnson for performance. Dude, Chris Johnson was awesome. At, at CJ two K, you know, dude, CJ two K, man. Oh my gosh, man, that guy was just absolutely electric. And they go from him to Derrick Henry. I mean, like you want to talk about, you know, just having running backs at disposal. I mean, the, the Titans know how to draft running backs for sure. So, oh, but definitely. Joe Mixon, congrats, I congratulate you. I mean, they had Eddie George. I mean, let's talk about the Titans running backs for a minute really quick. They had Eddie George. They had CJ2K. They have Derrick Henry. I mean, like, holy moly. And who else did they had? They had someone else back in the Oiler days. Earl Campbell. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Come on, dude. Like, you want to talk about just an absolute let? If you're a running back in college, you want to be drafted by the Tennessee Titans simply because you know that you're going to have a heck of a career. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, like, the Steelers, they know how to draft receivers. The, and the, yeah. The Tennessee Titans know how to draft running backs. Like, <laughs> yes. And it's been proven decade over decade. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, but Joe Mixon, you deserve that pop-off player of the week. We are we proudly present that to you. Have yourself a, uh, a week, and um, yeah, all of the fantasy owners of Joe Mixon are definitely very appreciative of you too. And the ones who go again went against you is very bitter, but I understand why now is because I predicted that you weren't even going to score a touchdown against the Carolina Panthers. And so I, I see where I went wrong there. <laughs> I own up to my mistakes, Anthony. What do you want me to do, man? Uh, Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you do have quite a bit of them, but we'll, we live Hey, whoa, <laughs> listen. All right. No, don't even bring it up either, man. Don't even bring it up. I'm, I don't want to talk about the trade that we did in our fantasy league. Okay, because I just I don't want to talk about it. I'm I don't want to talk about it. Okay, I do. I really, really do. (laughs) Just like you're gonna have PTSD for the rest of the season that you lost to the Detroit Lions. So yeah, and I'm gonna have PTSD from drafting Jonathan Taylor first overall. So oh yeah, man. Rest in peace to all of you first overall picks out there. We know that like 98% of you'd probably draft a JT and man. But hold on. Let's dive into it really quick. Frank Wright out. Indianapolis. Fired. See ya, dude. No longer wants you. You're out. You can't even make Matt Ryan work in this offense. Who do we bring in? None other than Jeff Saturday. Come on, boy. <laughs> what do you think about that, man? That's a crazy hey. thing. <laughs> he's no, I know he's known for being a cult, but he was also a former Packer, if you didn't know. But is he? Yeah, he 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 was uh he was the center for uh Brett Favre for a little bit. Yeah. So wait, what came first, Indianapolis or Green Bay? I want to say Indy, yeah. Man, was... I thought he was just with Indy. Now I do know. Oh yeah, because wasn't there like a moment between him and Peyton Manning in the in in the in one of the Pro Bowls where they allowed Jeff Saturday to snap the ball to Peyton Manning? I want to say so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, so he did go to Green Bay. Okay, I do remember that now. Yeah, he started with the Colts and then he uh, wound up with the Packers at the end of his career. But the problem, the from the outside looking in, it doesn't make any sense because the man's only coaching experience is in high school football. He's never coached at a college level, never even remotely at a pro level. Now he is the team analyst for the Colts. 
if that plays into anything that has to do with it. And the other part of it is no one else on that Colts coaching staff has ever called plays in the NFL. Because when Frank Reich was there, the OC wasn't calling the offensive plays. It, it was Frank Reich. Frank Reich was doing was doing everything essentially as far as play calling goes. So now they got to look for somebody to call the plays. I mean, I guess you got to start somewhere. Yeah. So why not just dive right into the deep end and just start calling these plays? I mean, what what else? I mean, it's going to be a little bit crazy though. I mean, I heard it on the Pat McAfee show. I want to say AQ Shipley was saying during week nine, you, you don't make any changes. You just continue to do the play calls that were already being called. And then you try and figure it out this off season, but there's really going to be no crazy changes, but the whole Jeff Saturday thing, man. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the fact that he has only coached high school football and yes, he, he has been a face in the building of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I don't know, man. It, that's, that's just weird. Hey, just snap the ball, Jeff. Just snap <laughs> the ball. All right. <laughs> Don't need to be trying to coach and everything else like that. Just snap the damn ball, Jeff. <laughs> Maybe because I know, like, especially when when the Colts were playing the Broncos, they kept going back to Jim Irsay. And Jim Irsay, he just looked irritated. He looked impatient, like he was going to do something drastic. And it started with well, it started with the benching of Matt Ryan and going to Sam Ellinger, which that hasn't seemed to have pan out. So he's like, you know what? That can't be the issue. All right, Frank Reich, you're out of here. Jeff Saturday, you're coming in. Maybe you can fix this offensive line. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe. So, okay, so here's my question. Is Matt Ryan now going to be the starter again? Because you're I, paying I Matt know. Ryan a lot of money. I don't know because... What if you move Matt Ryan to offensive coordinator and have him call plays? Can you do that? Is that even... I, I don't even know if that's a thing, but they... they I mean... Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray were arguing over who should call the plays. So maybe just have Matt Ryan on the sideline and let Sam Ellinger keep playing quarterback and let Matt Ryan well, call the plays. We all know that Kyle Murray is not going to be doing any play calling, man, especially because the only play calling that he's going to be doing is on Call of Duty. Okay. <laughs> and you knew exactly where I was going with that as soon as I stated it. <laughs> I knew exactly it, where I was going. Too, it was just too, it was just too easy. It was way too easy. <laughs> So, but I mean, what it, I mean, honestly, this is probably the worst that we've ever seen the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, honestly, outside of the year that they tanked for Andrew Luck. Yeah, the suck for luck year. Yeah, that. Yeah, suck for bad. luck. And then Andrew Luck came. And ever since then, man, it's just been really bad ever since Andrew Luck left. Yeah, because they, they've they've had no consistency as far as really just the quarterback situation, because after. After Matt or not after Andrew left and retired, it went to Philip Rivers. Yeah, and then you have well now now they have Nick Foles uh, on the bench, but well they had, they had last year um, Carson Wentz, and now you go oh, to yeah. Matt Ryan. Jeez, so it's just a rotating door of aging, washed quarterbacks. Like, <laughs> yes, it really is. <laughs> like you're just getting quarterbacks who. You know, they've been good, but they really ultimately haven't won anything significant in their career. Um, I mean, man, I I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe you and the Colts will be battling it out. Maybe the Packers and the Colts will be battling it out for um, the, the guy from Alabama. I, I don't know, because I think, I think Detroit will still give us a run for our money for that. <laughs> and Houston is complete garbage, even more so now because Brandon Cook seems to refuse to play for them ever again. So, <laughs> which there's that whole thing. So, is there still hope? Because there was, um, you know, reports that came out that they offered the Green Bay Packers offered the Houston Tech and Texans, um, at least a second round pick for Brandon Cooks. And now that Brandon Cooks is just refusing to even play. He's he's basically force handing the Texans to cut him and just kind of eat his salary. And I don't know if they're going to do that, but if that is the case, is there still hope that maybe you guys get Brandon Cooks? Or at this point, do you just say, let's just let's just 
start fresh next season? I think we just roll with the punches because even before all the injuries happened, we weren't we weren't one player away from making a run at the Super Bowl the way we were playing. That's true. Honestly. So them cutting Brandon Cooks and then him somehow signing with us because the Packers always seem to be right in the mix with every big name free agent, but we never seem to land any. So <laughs> it seems to be that case. So who's on the hot seat? Can who who's who's head of Green Bay right now? Like who would be like the guy to make all the decisions? Um, is, is it Goody? A, well, no the the president of the team is Mark Murphy. Okay, so would he is he the guy to like? He's 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 end he's, all be all. Like he's the final he, say. Well, since we don't have a real owner and that that honestly that to me that's one of the faults of green bay is we don't have we don't have a jim ursay we don't have a jerry jones who's going to be like all right you know what boom this is happening boom this is happening right we have a whole board of directors and we have um, you run like a major corporation pretty much we're, we're like a but we're, so we're essentially like a major corporation inside a mom and pop shop. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, good analogy. I like, like it. Like, I respect it. So it has to go through all that yada yada, and it's just because it it took them forever to finally cut ties with McCarthy, because I think they finally were just kind of gave into the fact that all right, it's either Aaron or the coach, and they sided with the coach. Because by the end of McCarthy's tenure with us, all you got from Rogers on the sideline was just eye rolls and he'd completely ignore play calls. And it's just, it was that crap. So with green Bay, it's a different, it's a different situation. There is no real end all be all decision maker. They all have to kind of collectively come to a decision of like, okay, do we want to fire this guy? Or not, and if anybody's on the hot seat in Green Bay, it might be our defensive coordinator Joe Barry, <laughs> like because we already had Mike Pettin last year, he got fired. Now we're on Joe Barry. Now he's he's kind of on the hot seat with our defense, and they kind of talked about it in the Green Bay and Detroit game where we kind of constructed this defense to play with a lead, but we don't have the offense to to match that to give us a lead because we kind of built it from essentially from the secondary down and not the other way up. That's why our run defense isn't what it is. And our pass defense is, is pretty good because we have a pretty good secondary back there. So at that point it, it is what it is. And they have to come to a decision on that in the off season. Yeah, I mean, so that's really interesting, man. So, like, there's no one that can just, like, I mean, yes, people can fire people, but, like, it doesn't seem like it's just going to happen. Like, it just doesn't seem like that there's that. No. There, uh, there's uh, not that, like, you know, like, uh, Jerry Jones, man. Like, if 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 anyone F, Fs up in, in Dallas, Jerry Jones is like, I'm done with you. Yeah. You know, like get out. I mean, now yeah. granted, he was really patient, patient with uh, Jason Garrett, which I mean, very patient with him. Mm-hmm. And so, but I don't know, man. That's just a that it's just a really, uh, a really weird situation with with Green Bay. I mean, but it and it's only being brought up now because they're not doing good, you know. And so, I mean, but it, the the history of the franchise. You know, I mean, they've they've they're they're a championship franchise. You know, I mean, yeah. they're they're a known franchise who wins. They have a diehard fan base that is very loyal. Yeah, and um, you we know, so I don't think that that's going to go anywhere. And I honestly, we haven't looked, we haven't looked like this bad of a football team since the seventies and eighties. Like, <laughs> like after. Because we had uh, the sixties with Vince Lombardi and Bart Starr, those guys, and then by the seventies, Bart Starr was coaching the team, 
and then we started going to crap for two decades and then we landed brett Favre, and then we've we've known nothing but winning for the past almost 30 years so we've been we've been spoiled as a fan base for almost 30 years so so to see green bay in a position to have a top five to ten draft pick and in the upcoming draft because and we have absolutely no confidence in them beating a decent team we haven't seen that in a while yeah i mean you guys really have been spoiled for the last you know several decades you guys have been really lucky with um you know your quarterbacks you got brett Favre, you got aaron Rodgers in there but it is just kind of a weird situation because it's just like who is there's there's probably a lot of people to blame you know at, at the end of the day um you know it, it from from the top down so but i mean do you do you think that maybe you should just move on from Aaron Rodgers this year? I mean, because he signed a three-year contract. Yeah, and the weird thing about his contract is it's pretty much just a bunch of one-year contracts. So at the end of each one, he can pretty much decide, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> and he uh, he can hang it up with um, no – there's no real – punishment on either side for doing it other than Rodgers is just leaving a ton of money on the table if he does and I believe next year he has like a 31 million dollar cap hit against us so and we've got a lot of guys to resign like like Rashawn Gary like Robert Tunyon and guys like that so it's going to be interesting to say the least yeah it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens. I am going to say that Aaron Rodgers retires after this year, though. I just I have a feeling that he's just going to hang it up, especially because it doesn't look like the, this season is going the way that you guys, you know, had hoped that it was going to go. Um, and it doesn't look like it's going to be getting any better. So, but, uh, I mean, Anthony, it's been a really fun episode with you. Um to all of our listeners, if you notice any kind of like a audio difference or anything like that, we do apologize. We had some technical difficulties there um, towards the end of this recording. Um, so one of our mics just kind of decided to stop working for us. So, but we do apologize for that. But, you know, we just wanted to let you guys know why there might, it just might seem a little weird here towards the end. Um, but we, we definitely appreciate you guys. We definitely appreciate you guys listening to us. It's been a really fun, fun season of the NFL, especially, you know, talking about it every week um, with you, Anthony, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, let's just uh, have a good rest of the week. You know, I mean, I'm starting my vacation here in a couple of days, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just ready to kind of, Go into next week. We are at week ten already, man. In this season, this week, this year is just flying by. It seems like, and oh, um, definitely. But I mean, we have we have a lot of good stuff, man. We have a lot of good teams that are surprising. We have a lot of surprising teams that suck. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's just. But that's just the NFL. That is just how it is. Um, we will be answering all your guys's questions this coming Saturday. Um, we appreciate all of the emails that we are receiving, um, but go ahead. And if you haven't sent it and you have a talking point if, or if you have a question for us, go ahead and send it on over to DNA football talk at gmail.com. And uh, we, we know we love to hear from you, but follow us on social media at talk underscore DNA. Follow us on Instagram at DNA underscore football talk. Um, and uh, you know, if you like this, uh, if you like this podcast, whatever platform that you are listening to us on, Spotify, Apple, um, Google Podcasts, Anchor, um, you know, any of those platforms, go ahead and leave us a review. Tell say, 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 say something nice there. Um, give us a five-star um, review. That definitely helps us out in what we're trying to do here. And uh, so, but we appreciate you guys. Anthony, do you have any kind words for this uh, midweek episode for the people? I couldn't have really said it better myself, but we will see you all on Saturday and everybody enjoy the rest of your week. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we will talk to you guys on Saturday. See ya.